attend with people, listen, people like Jay, got to attend the morning meeting. I remember when Jay first took up with the shul, I believe he was starting to say kosh for his father. Mm -hmm. and, 2014, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he came to the shul, he started saying, yeah, and then toward the end of the kosh, I think I said to him, I guess we'll be seeing you. So he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you finished saying kosh? He says, so? He says, you're going to keep coming? He says, yeah, he'll keep coming. I says, most people don't. <laughs> he didn't take the bet. He didn't put any, you know. I, I tell you, I would have lost that bet. I would, I would have figured a week later, he would have disappeared. But this guy didn't disappear. He really didn't. Amazing. Amazing thing. Amazing thing. He didn't disappear. He's been loyal and dedicated and dues paying and, and uh, just a... And a pleasure to be around. His davening is beautiful. Baruch Hashem. He's got it down. And we all love him. We all love him. Thank you. Um, the mother's the you have an aliyah, Jay. Amen. Really, she's a, she makes such a beautiful son. And I know you have a brother. How many brothers? Two, two brothers. Two, 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 brothers. Two, two other brothers. One in Arizona. Where's the other one? Houston. Houston. Houston in Arizona. And he takes care of his brother, too, in Arizona. He runs to check up on him, Jay does. So... A lot to learn from Jay. Uh, one more note, I won't take away from Rabbi Van, but I read this morning, and interesting, you know, tonight is a special night for the Goyim. So the question posed to many rabbis, and this and that, should we participate or shouldn't we participate? So, you know, first of all, there shouldn't be any comparison, or some rabbis bring up Purim, we should celebrate Purim, but, but the, the, what struck me, one rabbi said, look, he said, uh, when the Goyim come to your door dressed up in costumes, they knock on the door expecting to get something. When the Jews go around Purim dressed up, they give something. That's the difference between a Goy and a Jew. The Jew shows up at the door with Shalach Manas, and the guy comes and hopes to get something from you. So anyway, I just thought, that, not that we should make comparisons to Purim or anything like that, but... There's one, there's one uh, thing to remember. Come on, be careful tonight, boys. Thank you Meeting very much. tonight at, uh, at uh, 5.30. 5.30 tonight. What time's the Shia, Rabbi? 4.30. 4.30 will be the Shia tonight. You can join online if you can't be here in person. The Shia tonight. Come on, Rabbi. Uh, when you read the parsha yesterday, see, so, heard about the well of uh, that uh, Rivka comes to the well, and uh, the water rises up to greet her uh, in the well, so she doesn't even have to really lower the bucket, other than down to her shoulder, down to, to, uh, from her shoulder, she's able to fill it up. So I always was wondering, so we talk about the great kindness of Rivka, that then she went ahead, she gave Eliezer to drink, she gave the camels to drink. I mean, if the water is already almost at the very, very top, it's a very nice thing, but how much work does it take? Uh, so the, already the Ramban answers this question, very interesting. And they pick up on it that the water, if you look carefully at the text, the miracle of the water was only on the first bucket. Once it came time to draw the water from the well for the camels, then the water went down. Because when it comes to chesed, when it comes to kindness, you're doing an act of kindness, then nothing to do with miracles. You got to work for kindness. Kindness doesn't come easy. You have to go the whole nine yards. I'll share with you quickly one uh, beautiful story. Uh, 
of uh, a uh, individual. He went in uh, after he got married. He went to start work in the diamond district a little bit, and uh, he was uh, he had a good beginner's luck, so to speak. He was doing well, and uh, you know things were going well for him. Uh, then he hit uh, you know the market, the diamond market took a downturn, and he couldn't sell a thing. Nothing was going right. Everything soured. He just could not do anything. Right, and he began each day to lose more and more confidence. This is not going to work out for me. And he starts asking people, should he go into a different business? What should he try? You saw the desperation setting in. And of course, his wife was expect to any day at that time. She was stopping to work. You could just see the situation. He's davening Hashem, help him, help him, help him. And uh, he gets a call that, uh, that uh, from an individual. He says, listen, you're a diamond seller? Yeah. He says, I need a certain diamond, a certain cut. And he tells him, he describes it. He says, okay, listen, I don't have it, but I'm going to get it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go around the district. I'm going to find a few. Fine, call me back when you get it. Okay, he's going around looking for it. He gets another call. Guy calls him that he's an estate liquidator. He's got a number of, he's liquidating a large estate up, no, uh, up northern, uh, upstate New York. And he's got quite a few, the lady had quite a, a few diamonds. You know, I, I want to sell it. I want to get rid of it. I need a fair price, but I want to get rid of it all in one basket. She says, fine, let me go meet up with you. He says, whatever. One of, the, one of the cuts, one of the diamonds that are in that lot is exactly what the other guy needs. As a muzzle. You know, things are going amazing. And uh, he buys the whole basket, he sells it, he gets, gets the other diamonds, he starts selling, his confidence is back, ah, the muzzle is back, everything's going well. Okay, it's a beautiful story. Uh, but there's a background to the story that uh, God had an angel, right? A person, uh, Rothberg, what was his first name? A uh, guy, uh, uh, Ephraim Rothberg, he's a, he's a wealthy uh, diamond dealer. Right, and he's in, in the district, and he always looks around to see help the underdog. You know, the young guy starting, and he saw this guy was going down, 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 losing all of his confidence. So what he did is he asked one of his assistants, "Do we ever call the guy? Tell him you want make up a whole thing that you want to buy a certain cut diamond, right?" Yeah, fine. Then he tells another one of his guys. He says, "Do we ever tell him to call this guy? Tell him you're liquidating an estate." The whole thing, he bought, sold him the diamond, he bought him the diamond, he bought the whatever, all because he built up his confidence, right? That's chesed that you have to think. Chesed, he can't do it, it can't be easy. He could have given him 5,000 bucks also, that would have been, would have been the same amount of money. It was, it, was, it was thinking how to do the kindness, and that's really the challenge. Let's not satisfy ourselves with just doing simple acts of kindness. Let's be like Rivka, you have to work for it. The Ramban says once she was going to do chesed, no more miracles, no more water helping you know, coming up to you. You got to work hard for chesed. Bezrat Hashem, we should all do acts of chesed, following the footsteps of our patriarchs and our matriarchs. Amen. 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 Amen.